Good Vibes Cinema presents Vibe Talking. Hey everybody, how's it hanging? I am Vic Terry, executive producer of Good Vibes Cinema, and you are listening to Vibe Talking, an exciting new podcast about films with off-the-charts vibes, films from the golden age of adult cinema. We're talking about porno tonight. That's what we're talking about all the time. That's kind of exactly the vibe we're going for here. Um, I am a huge fan of this genre. Uh, It is a major influence on everything I do creatively and a lot of what I do personally. (laughs) Very much much kind of my jam. Uh, I'm really, really excited to get this thing rolling. Uh, Manny and I have been talking about talking about vibe talking for uh, kind of a hot minute here and uh now it's happening uh i'm super excited and we are starting off with uh deep throat which is one of my favorite movies of all time like not even my favorite dirty movie just one of my favorite movies um and it's also like probably the most iconic thing from this moment in time Uh, yeah for sure kind of a good one to start with right we're going we're going hard right off the get-go right yeah so my name's manny and um previously i was doing a podcast called sequelitis with uh my writing partner matt and um i moved down here to san diego and uh, you and i are neighbors we got to talking got to know each other and uh, of course i come to find out like i wasn't the only person you approached like this but you're like do you want to come over and watch Deep Throat? <laughs> and to me, it was just like, oh, wow, you're inviting me over to, to sit down and watch a porn with you. And uh, it turned out to be a really fun night just like watching a movie and riffing on it. And like we watched Deep Throat. Then we watched Deep Throat 2 immediately after. And we were just having a hell of a time. And we I don't remember if it was before or afterward that we were talking about like well what if we did like an episode of sequelitis on um deep throat and then it was just like nah this has got to be its own thing yeah and then here we are today uh finally doing this finally getting the conversation going and i'm pumped i'm like very pumped i'm like incredibly pumped (laughs) like yeah and, and the fun thing about this is like there's a lot to it. There's a lot to like just just talk about. And the more times you watch it, like the the more fun and entertaining it becomes. And, and it has become kind of a thing to where it's just like I do think I want to invite people over and ask them if they want to watch Dude, it. Okay, seriously, like that is that is like my opening line every time I go out to a bar. I'm like, hey, have you seen Deep Throat? <laughs> Would you like to? <laughs> necessarily anything like overly fresh like these movies were made to be watched with people like they're it's it's fun it's like a communal creative experience and like I love watching them but like I love I mean the the night that you and I had watching it was like the best experience I've ever had watching porn like just you know having some drinks shooting the shit like just feeling the vibe like it's so fucking fun I think that like that is kind of also part of why I wanted to get this thing going and, and, and do the show here is because I would love it if like I would love to open the door to that for other people. Like I would really like to share these films with all of you guys. Like, you know, 
like watch them, watch them with your friends, like, you know, get, have a, have a freaking party, you know, like, I, I think it's a whole, you know, these films are films and we should look at them that way. And that's another reason why I kind of wanted to do this thing is because I have a lot of respect for the people involved, you know, the writers, directors, producers, performers. And, and I think like, they don't get a lot of credit for making some pretty incredible films and for really kind of reinventing what a movie could be like that's a whole nother conversation but like i think it's it's um you know it's worth noting and and you know giving some love to these uh giving some props to these artists here um yeah that's one thing that stands out about this because you know i would say that for most people like my age and younger like there's this sense that porn is something that you kind of like you watch by yourself and like for a very explicit you know uh purpose but at the time that these films were were being uh, produced and, and released, it it wasn't just strictly for that reason. It was these were meant for like people to go together with their friends and go out in groups and watch it. And and with with Deep Throat in particular, like it was something that drew in huge crowds. Um, and and one of the shocking things for me was learning that uh, Deep Throat is one of the like um, highest grossing films off of like what its actual budget was of yeah. all time you know yeah just they're... just relative to the to the budget that to me is like pretty insane um but you know when you watch the film like you kind of get that like if you can put yourself in that mindset of like people at the time were living in a society to where, they knew these films were out there. They they had been, you know, in theaters for, you know, at that at that point, like it had been somewhat mainstream for like the, the past five years. But this was the film that really broke through and had that like, as we would say today, that crossover appeal and success. But, you know, let's get into why. Yeah, I think the biggest reason uh, that this film had the impact that it had and and this is something that uh, Gerard Damiano, the uh, creator and, and director of the film, has kind of explicitly acknowledged, but that uh, that the comedy was the key here. Yeah. Um, the, the movie is actually really, really funny. And that's something, because I, I had watched, like, you know, to just give a little brief backstory here, like, I was not someone who really watched porn, you know, like, before I got into adult like I it was just it always felt like this like dirty uncomfortable thing that I wasn't really supposed to be doing and that kind of I guess put me off a little bit because like I don't know about you guys but like I can't jerk off when I'm stressed out <laughs> it's just not it's not a turn on to me <laughs> I uh, I have to be having like a really chill vibe to masturbate so like for me um I it just always, there was so much, so many hangups involved that, like, I never watched porn. I have always been a huge fan of, like, you know, the 70s vibe. Anyone who knows me, like, all of my fucking outfits, all of my playlists, all of my just, you know, I'm very much, like, digging a certain vibe. And so, like, that, you know, Boogie Nights kind of thing was, like, you know, in my life for years, like, before I actually started watching these movies. And I, and I, I always I was like, God, I wish there was like a class, 
you know, like, I wish I could take, like, a film studies course <laughs> about, like, 70s pornos. And then, like, one day I just, like, grew up hair and was like, uh, it's a fucking movie. Like, just watch it. And then I just did. Um, and <laughs> I had seen a couple. Um, and at first it was very much just, like, what can I find? Like, what, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to watch some loops. I don't want to watch a little clip. Like, I'm going to watch a movie. And so I'm like, okay, what movies can I find, you know? And after watching, like, two or three different movies, like, I finally got to Deep Throat. And it blew my mind. <laughs> like, for real, yeah. you know? And, like, the next day, I literally was, like, texting, like, you know, a million different people, like, that I had all sorts of different dynamics with. I told my mom about it. I was like, this movie is so good. Like, everybody <laughs> needs to watch it. Like, it's so... And I kept telling everybody, it's so funny. It is so funny. And it is. It's freaking hilarious. The soundtrack is totally banging. Like, the vibes are just, like, totally off the charts. Like, it is just such a freaking good movie. Yeah, that um, soundtrack, like, gets... It instantly got stuck in my head. It's it's very earworm soundtrack. And what's crazy about it is there's there's kind of, like, multiple versions of the soundtrack that exist depending on the release that you watch. Yeah, there was but, all kinds of, like, copyright drama. And yeah, like, every know. single every single, like, version of it that I've heard like I'm just like yeah these are these are like some jams like Still slaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every rendition of the Deep Throat soundtrack kids would slaps. Say. Totally slaps. But but that's part of like the experience that makes it fun is like like when you're watching it for the second or third or fifth or hundred time like yeah. when a certain song starts Deep coming Throat? in. How many times have you seen it? I I think now I've watched it like five or six times. Okay, I probably watched it like five or six times this week. <laughs> <laughs> watching it right before you came over. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah. I literally was. Fact check it. <laughs> and and it's to the point now to like where I'll, I'll walk in and I'm like, oh, it's that scene, you know. The the soundtrack is part of what makes it, but the comedy too is like like okay, my first impression when we first put it on was the way that it kind of started off started off, it was just like, oh, okay, this is kind of like a real movie. Yeah. You know, and you're like, yeah, duh, it is. It's super legit. It's totally, totally <laughs> and then, like, legit. as it goes along, like, yeah, there's there's some like hardcore sex in it, but it's not it's not just about like people having sex. It, there's an actual story, and there's yeah. an actual like character journey, and it's centered on the female lead. Yeah. Um. But do you want to just you want to just? Should, I think we have we have so much to say. Yeah. Uh, we can go real deep into this conversation. So maybe we should just... Get deep just, with Deep Throat. I think that's... I mean, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll just go... We'll just start going through it. But uh, basically, what's happening here in this film... Quick little little Wikipedia synopsis is... Uh, deep Throat is the story of Linda Lovelace. She is feeling like sex is maybe not that great. And she's like, mm, it's all right. I can dig it, but I don't dig it that much. What are we going to do with this? Turns out the reason for that is that because of some X-Men style mutation, her <laughs> clitoris is in the back of her throat. And so traditional intercourse. Linda, your mutant superpower. <laughs> your clitoris is in the back of your throat. Getting down the classic way just You have to swallow a cock all the way to the bottom of your throat. <laughs> yes, Professor Xavier. <laughs> Yeah. And so we follow her on that journey of of self-discovery and empowerment and uh it's a, it's a it's a pretty powerful film. Uh, it's a it's a fun little journey along with this character 
and you know they they throw in some sex uh you know along the way but it's never it's never something to where like you're you're sitting there waiting for the next sex scene to happen and it's never like oh like i'm i'm into the story but they keep bogging down to throw in a sex scene like there's a pretty good little balance to it and so much of it has to do with just the performances of the two leads, Linda and uh, Harry Reams. But yeah, like another character to it is just the music. And then it's got, you know, that that classic like 70s style and vibe to it in a way that that doesn't make it like really dated. Like it feels a lot more timeless, especially considering that there is a newfound um, and renewed appreciation for that aesthetic, which you captured so well just in your own personal style. But do you want to just kind of start with the very beginning of this? Let's just do it. Let's just get into it. So, so uh, we do have we do have an points. issue with it. We got, we got a we got a beef right off the bat. All right. So I you know we were just saying it's the best movie ever, but I'm about to rip this dude a new one here. Okay. <laughs> so the movie opens up and this was a little thing, a little debate that we had here because my copy of the film i have the uh special blu-ray release from barnes and noble which like it's insane to me that you can get deep throat at barnes and noble which i guess just shows coffee books and porno <laughs> i guess it barnes just shows and that this film it really has crossed over to mainstream audiences because you can get it at fucking barnes and noble so i have um i actually have it's so deep throat and deep throat too and like interviews and like special bonus features and trailers and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, it's a great um, little Blu-ray that you got. Yeah, but it doesn't have the original soundtrack, which is kind of an issue. Yeah. Um, but they, it's okay. They rocked it either way. But you um, have the original soundtrack on vinyl. I do. Uh, that's, that's how legit That's how into are. it I am. <laughs> um, it's also on Spotify, which like I hard recommend that all of you guys go out and listen to the Deep Throat soundtrack because I just... Like, it's on in my apartment all the time. It's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, but let's get back to, let's get back to business here. Okay, yeah, so. if, I, if I pop over, like, you're, you're either watching Deep Throat or you have the soundtrack on. I'm really like, into it, okay? You cultivate a vibe so hard that, like, nobody has to be here for the vibe to still be going. <laughs> I'm, like, in my, in my sexy bathrobe, drinking cocktails, watching porno by myself all the time. <laughs> See, but that's why that's why something like the little uh, Sigmund Freud uh, uh, disclaimer that they have at the start of this—it's so troubling. It's to a me. fucking vibe killer. It is okay. So let's just we're gonna let's just get right into it. Okay, so the opening, the first thing that we see in this movie is it's a terrible crumpled up piece of paper uh, <laughs> with like janky typewriter text on it, just scrolling across the screen, and it, it basically is like, look at how legit our film is. Okay, like. We have historic, artistic, cultural value to this porno. Basically what it says is it's like Sigmund Freud had a, a hot take that there were all these stages of sexuality and it went from, what does he say? He says oral, anal, phallic, and genital. Which yeah. right off the bat, that makes no sense to me because I feel like phallic and genital are like essentially the same thing. So I'm not sure exactly uh, any Freud experts in the audience here want to want to lecture me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, this. I mean, um, my my hot take on Freud is fuck Freud. Yeah, not a, not a bonk his ass for horniness. Not a fan of this dude. Um, but basically, uh, basically the what they're saying here is they're like this film. You know, it's it's humorous. It has a lighthearted tone. 
but we are really talking about some serious psychological issues. And this film uh, follows our character on a journey from one stage to the next, figuring out her sexual completion, you know? Basically, the exact opposite of what this film is saying. Because that is something that, why I'm so obsessed with Deep Throat, otherwise, like, other than it just being, like, a great movie and, like, a total vibe and whatever, is, like, I think it's really powerful and wonderful the way that they frame oral sex as a legitimate type of sex. It's just a different way of doing things. It's just another way of connecting with someone. Because for this character, and we'll, you know, we'll get into the whole film a little bit more. We're just talking a lot right now. But, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, this for this character, it's basically the opposite of what Ford is saying. She goes from having traditional vaginal intercourse and feeling like, hey, this kind of isn't really my jam, to realizing like, hey, there's another way of connecting with someone and another way of experiencing something sexually that really resonates with me, that's really special and, and, and blows my mind here. And so for her, uncovering that like deep throat is the way that she likes to do this is growth it's sexual exploration it's you know um and so having this introduction that's basically saying like if all you do is give head like you need to step it up and you need to take it to the next level it's like that's completely shitting on what's being said in the film yeah so i i don't know what's going on with this intro like who wrote this thing like why is this in there my my take on it is that um during this time you know, the way that they got around a lot of the, the censorship issues and the obscenity laws was to present um, adult films as educational. And so I feel like this was kind of an attempt to throw the censors off and to tell them that, like, oh, there's some redeeming, like, you know, clinical, psychological value to this. And it was not a decision that was made by any of the creative minds that, that went into making this. Yeah, which I think is but, really funny because, like, and, and we'll, we'll get into this later, but, like, Harry Reams, like, the leading man of this movie, like, he plays a psychologist, and his whole shtick is very much, like, a send-up to that whole, like, white-coder phenomenon that was going on at that time. Like, basically, all these movies would, like, put someone in a lab coat and be like, we're legit, we're legit, we're legit, you know? And then <laughs> he's over here, like, being the most fucking ridiculous character of all time. Um, and getting his dick sucked at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's kind of funny, like, that they start this off by, by like you said, like, you know, really leaning into that and being, like, trying to create some sort of legitimacy and then, like, immediately turning on that. So I don't know if Damiano wrote that. I don't know who wrote that. But either way, it uh, it kind of killed yeah but the the thing about it is like the first time we watched it like i saw that and i was just like huh and then like it's so quick like i so quickly forgot about it that the next time we put it on i saw it and i was like did did was this on there the last time and you're like oh yeah no it's it's like it's how it starts and i was uh, like oh shit okay if you watch it on the the interwebs a lot of it doesn't have that yeah. A lot of people who post it are like, mm, we don't yeah, need they just cut that shit out because like you don't need it. It's like it's killing our vibe. That's that's one of the only like uh, spots that I really have to to criticize this film on because everything after that, like, it's just a a fun movie. the The really interesting thing about it is the fact that like the way our contemporary view of porn is that it's not really going to be from the female's perspective, and if it is from the female's perspective. It's a very, like, twisted, kind of perverted um, version of that that is almost always coming from the mind of a man. 
Which and is... in this, it's it does not feel that way at all. Like this is about Linda finding happiness through intimacy and going back to what you were saying before, like showing that oral sex isn't just like it's not just a foreplay exercise and it's not just a way for a woman to keep a man happy, but it's more like a way that two people can find pleasure together. And that's been one of the other revelations for me in watching these movies with you is that the way that oral sex is framed in these films is so different mm -hmm. than how it is presented in contemporary porn. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like we could get, and we will get way into the framing of Deep Throat because I think a lot of what they do visually, um, you know, showing it as this character-driven thing, having a lot of basically, like, emotional money shots where people's, like, expressions and, you know, all of that is, like, very much driving the sexuality. It's very much, like, a an intimate, personal kind of experience. Um, but just, but, yeah, just that idea of treating, treating a blowjob like legitimate sex. Um, I think that is... Is treating it like like both people are getting something out of it. Yeah, I mean, straight up, like the best sexual experience of my life is a blowjob. I think actually that's part of like that's probably a big part of why this movie resonates so much with me is because when I had that experience, like at the time, I was like, God damn it, like we didn't go all the way. Like I was so excited, <laughs> like I was like, Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be the weekend. It's gonna go down, you know. And it was with someone I really cared about, and it was there was a lot of a lot of tragic backstory around. <laughs> <laughs> encounter you know it was like we were fucking ready to go and uh everything about that night was like perfect like the soundtrack was popping the scenery was like phenomenal like everything about that night was like exactly how I had fantasized about it but like I went down on a medium plowing you know and it's like that was exactly what needed to happen that night and it was freaking dope <laughs> but like the next day I was like damn like we didn't do it you know, like I yeah. dropped the ball here and it's like, what the fuck is that? Like, I didn't drop the ball. Like we totally you balled out. Like, I did. We balled. I love that. I love that term. Like I'd never heard that. You know, I see in all these movies, they're like, oh, they're balling. And I'm like, oh my God, is that what being a baller means? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that shook me when I heard that. I, for remember, I remember having that conversation with you. Yes. And you're like, you're like, have you ever heard about... Have you ever heard being a baller, balling out? Like, have you ever heard that as a term? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it from, like, sports terms. No, that's what they say in these movies. They're like, did you guys ball? Like, yeah. And I'm just like, I've never heard that. Yeah, the more, <laughs> the more I started watching these films, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, and, like, they're straight up like, like, did you did you plow? Did you have sex? Yeah. Like, you know, did you get down? So I did. And at, the, and at that moment in time, I was like, well, I guess I didn't. But, like, after watching this movie and after, like, really reframing certain things in my head, I'm like, yeah, like, that's just another way of getting down. And, like, TBH, my favorite way of getting down. So I'm, I am not on Team Freud here at all. Yeah. I think that we need to, uh... I, I think everybody clearly understands my, uh, my thoughts on Freud, but, um... <laughs> But yeah, I want to I want to skip ahead. So like one of my favorite uh, parts of this movie is very early on. So we 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 start off we're kind of following Linda around, and then she shows up over at Helen's place. Mm -hmm. They're roommates. It's at their place. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, she shows up, and Helen, like, okay. So you sum this up really well. And do you want me to say it or do say you want to say it? So You're so the way you it. sum this up is that. Um, 
you know, it's a movie called Deep Throat. So, like, when you hear Deep Throat, like, you immediately, you, you, like, you get the visual of what that is. And instead, your first sex scene that you're treated to is this woman, Helen, and she's got this uh, younger guy going down on her. It kind of shifts around. Like, you don't get, like, the blowjob right away. You get cunnilingus. And it's just like, that's how you fucking subvert expectations. It's like Ryan Johnson, take notes on that. This is, yeah. But, but she has a very funny line, like, during that scene. And so she's sitting there, and Linda walks in, and the guy, like, like not only is, is it starts off, it shows the very first sex scene is this woman has a guy going down on her. Like, she's in a position where, like, she is up above him. And then She's when like, Linda shoving his head down. Yeah. <laughs> when Linda walks in, he like turns to see Smoking who it is. Cigarette. She Smoking grabs it. his head and puts it right back there. And then uh, she she lights up a cigarette, taps him on the shoulder, and he looks up and she goes, "You don't mind if I smoke while you're eating, do you?" <laughs> that is like the best line in any movie ever. And I love what you said. You said you're like, I just can feel the audience just like collective sigh of relief like everybody there is all like oh my god i can't believe we're watching a porno like this is crazy yeah and then like here we go we have this great line and then all of a sudden it's like everybody just laughs and then just like okay we're on board with this thing like, <laughs> and if we're quoting each other like, like you said <laughs> like your, your whole thing was like you you come in and like everybody's tense and then you laugh and then you relax a little bit. And then you laugh some more. And then, like, everybody starts having a really good time. Yeah, that is literally what it is. Like, Damiano said it. He's, like, going a little bit big picture, you guys. Sorry, there's so much, so much going on here. But this movie was such a big deal because it, it reached all kinds of audiences. Like, you know, yeah. people were watching porn in the movie theater before. But, like, now all kinds of different people. Men, women, couples, you know different levels of status, different, you know, all these different people were coming in, they were making jokes about it on talk shows, they were, you know, like, the press was all over this shit, there were, like, legit film critics talking about it, and newspapers, you know, like, this movie, like, suddenly just, it went from, like, zero to 100, like, it was just, like, all of a sudden, we're all... very wide appeal. It was a big deal, and that's really what it was, was the comedy, is, like, and, and Damiano said it, it was very much his plan with this thing, you know, he was, like, comedy makes people not so nervous you know like and, and that was like when I saw this movie like the reason I recommended it to all kinds of different people that I wouldn't have just sent a porno link to you know and absolutely not like I have a couple of VIPs that I might have sent that to <laughs> but not everybody in my freaking contacts you know um but it was like I, I told people I'm like this movie is cool it's funny you know you got to check it out I think that, I mean, that that was what was up there. Like, the comedy just really took it there. Um, and that line just really set a certain tone. It was yeah. just like, you know exactly what you're getting into. Like, this is going to be this type of movie. Um, yeah, and it was it was a smart move on, on Damiano's part. Because uh, th the film is by no means perfect. Like, um, you know, there's, there's ideas that I have, like, after watching it a few times to where it's just like, yeah, if you rewrote it and restructured it, like, you could maybe start to come up with like almost the perfect adult film. It's still really good the way that it is. And it's because it does achieve that effect of like, okay, we know people are going to be tense going into this because we're trying to reach people that wouldn't normally go see a movie like this. Um, but like once, once those people are kind of loosened up, they're going to get into like what the movie is. Like they're just going to take it 
as the visceral experience that we're presenting it as instead of like should i feel like ashamed it it just kind of like eschews all of that pushes it off to the side and it's just like hey man like you're here like sit back chill have a good time and then that's what people start doing and that's you know that's why like we're sitting here 50 years after the movie because it was 72 right yeah 50 years after the movie was released. I think it's almost exactly 50 years. Cause... Okay, we need to have like a deep throat anniversary party screening. Well, like, wasn't it like, didn't didn't it have its premiere like in March of 72 or something like that? I don't know. I want to say June. Okay. I think, I think deep throat is a Gemini. <laughs> like yours truly. My birthday is June 15th. I believe the uh, deep throat premiere send was gifts June too. 12th. Uh, so I think I'm going to be having a deep throat birthday party if anyone wants to get in on that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's why like 50 years later, almost 50 years to the day, we, we are still talking about this because uh, it does hold a lot of relevancy. Um, it's that good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So moving along, next part of the film. So we have this iconic scene and that is the, the whole framing of like that this is, it is very, it's a very female centric film. Um. Gerard Damiano used to be a hairdresser and he kind of got into porn because basically he said, he's like, I heard chicks talking shit about their bad sex, like constantly. And he's like, wow, this is like really not chill. Like, what can I do about this? And like, I didn't know that part of his backstory until after I'd seen like three or four of his movies before. And, And everything that I've seen from him, like it does have that very female centric kind of narrative you know like i feel like you know most porn does tend to focus on women but maybe in a a different way um and and this film it's you know as it being like kind of character driven piece i like i didn't know that that's what he was going for like i felt it and then like hearing him say that just kind of i was like yeah like that reads it works you know um, and so after we get that opening scene of, of Helen played by Dolly Sharp, who is a fascinating person, like I'm not going to get super into it right now, but like you guys got to look up, there's an article, um, it's called the, uh, the Rialto report and they go into her whole backstory, but basically she was like a child prodigy violin player. She was on Broadway. She got a contract with MGM. She went to Juilliard, right? She went to Juilliard at age 12. She wow. would show up on set with her dog and her little TV to watch soap operas and was like, <laughs> how are we blocking this sex scene? What's the, what's the character motivation here? And all the, all the actors were like, uh, who does this chick think she is? Like, what is happening here? <laughs> like, she's a really interesting person, and uh, y'all should should definitely check that out. But you know, we get her in that incredibly powerful moment, making that statement, which like that is just such a way to set up a film. Like, you like clearly we're we're doing something here, you know? Yeah. And then we get into a scene where uh, it's her and Linda just kind of talking and and basically Linda is like, you know, I am not really that into sex. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, I mean, it's, it's fine. Which I think it's like really cool that they went that way and not like straight up like, oh, I don't like sex. You know, like she's yeah. like, I, it's fine. Like it's, it feels good, but it's like whatever, you know? Cause I feel like that is something that like, I mean, I very much relate to that. Like I, for years and years and years was like, yeah, I really dig sex conceptually (laughs) like I everything I write and perform and 
you know, talk about is all very much centered around this. You know, I watch a lot of porn. I like analyze adult films, but like when I'm actually in that moment myself, I'm like, eh, you know, like I like sex conceptually. I would literally say that to people. And like, then I started having good sex and was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like maybe there's, maybe there's more to this, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, like watching these movies, like kind of pushed me in that direction. But you know, what, what happens in the, in the film, I think is really interesting because like, I think a lot of people, I think that that is probably relatable to a lot of different people. You know, it's like when you are in a situation where things aren't bad, but they're not good. You don't necessarily try to do anything about it. Yeah, you like, know? you don't really have a lot to complain about, but you know that things can be better. And that really sets up, like, what this what this movie's supposed to be about is... You you would think, like, if for someone like me who, you know, my, my perception of porn is based on contemporary porn, you know, watching this and, like, there being a scene where you have two female characters talking about sex, my expectation would be that... Oh, they're going to talk about like how they're just horny all the time and all the different dudes they want to fuck and like, should we call someone and get them to come over and like, oh, what about the, you know, ice cream man that's going by? Maybe we can, but, but it's not that at all. It's like, it's two people having a conversation and talking about their relationship to sex. And it sets up the fact that Linda is a person who, you know, it's kind of your classic thing of like, if you're going to be following someone's journey, you have to understand like they have a problem. Um, you know, there's an obstacle that they have to overcome and then they set about the journey of overcoming that obstacle. And that's basically what happens. It, it goes through some some kind of crazy stuff along the way, but ultimately, like, that's exactly what this movie is about. It's about Linda, like, trying to find a healthy way for her to start to enjoy and appreciate sex in the same way that her friend very clearly does because when we go on i think the next scene after that is the the four-way um i would say say straight up orgy they're taking numbers (laughs) (laughs) literally that's the the thing well what's interesting about that scene too what's interesting about that scene too is like it shows it shows that like helen is somebody who likes getting fucked like she she very much like likes getting fucked and can be on top, on bottom, like, you know. She has the range. As long as the vibe's there, like, she's she's good with it. And what's interesting, though, is they show Linda, and she's having sex with just one guy. And uh, for the first several shots of that scene, they don't show their bodies. They don't show penetration. They're showing their faces. God, okay, this is, like, one of my favorite... I mean, I, I would say probably the scene with Harry Reams was my favorite just because I freaking love him so much. Like, yeah. I'm going to say and straight we're gonna up. We're going to get into it. We'll get into it, but I'm going to say on on the record, Harry Reams might just be my favorite actor, period. Not my favorite porno actor, just my favorite actor. I fucking love this guy. I have read his autobiography. Uh, it's called Here Comes Harry Reams, and it's the best thing ever, and everybody should read it. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I am, I am a big fan of this dude. But cutting back for a second to uh, to the orgy, the framing in this movie is really freaking amazing. And I, I kind of want to get into it a little bit, like just that, like, I feel like with like golden age pornography in general, but very much so in Deep Throat, like the way that things are shot is like so, so different than like contemporary film. And like, it's a, it's a whole nother animal. So it's like, we shouldn't even really compare it. Like they're just two totally different genres. But like, I feel like there is something really 
I feel like in modern porn, like, they kind of, it's so choppy that it's almost like they want you to, like, forget that, like, this is a human being. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah. here's a boob, here's an ass, here's a leg. Like, like the, look at all these pieces of a person. Whereas, like, even just, like, the opening shot in Deep Throat, like, where it's just, like, she's just, it's a zoomed out shot of her just, like, walking around. It's like, look, this is a person. And, like, watching a 90-minute film versus like a three minute clip it's like we see this person like interacting and doing things and existing and having relationships and it's like you don't want to forget that this is a person outside of the film like you want to be like oh this is a character and I'm like immersed in this and so in this scene um like you said like it lingers on her face and like her smile and her just you know just her expressions and so it's like it's incredibly sexual like essential I guess you know but it's it's I think it's very hot but you're not seeing her body and and even as the scene plays out and eventually we do zoom out and you know get more involved in the action of the of the scenario here it's still like constantly showing expressions and reactions and so we are like being set up as an audience here that we are like on board with this character and we're like following her journey and we're seeing how we are attracted to her, presumably, you know, and we are getting something out of seeing these interactions play out. What's hot about what we're seeing is not like, oh, she's hot, you know, I mean, she is, but like, it, it, what, what it is, is that it's like, we are in the position of this character, like we're feeling what she's feeling. And it's like, we're on this journey with her. And we're like, we're going to get off because she's getting off, basically. Yeah. You know, like her getting and and like as the film goes on, you know, we see like the whole scene, the once she goes and to Dr. Young, to Harry Reem's character, which is the next scene, basically after the orgy, she's like, you know, it, it was great, but like, it was fun. But like, I don't know, it's still not that great. And, and her friend Helen is like, well, maybe there's, you know, maybe you got some hangouts. Maybe you got to check this out. So she goes to the psychologist, Dr. Young, played by my favorite actor, Harry Reams. And then, you know, it keeps going there. As that plays out, we get, I I have been calling it an emotional money shot. And and what what it is, is she's basically says over and over and over, and, and they kind of make a joke. They're like, all right, yeah, we heard. Let's keep it going. You know, she keeps kind of saying this line over, you know, sex is good, but it's a bunch of little tinkles. I want bombs bursting, bells ringing, you know? And she's like, okay, yeah, you know? And so when we finally get her having that, like mind-blowing orgasm that she's never had before it cuts to shots of fireworks and the liberty bell and like all these all these things and and it's amazing because it is a climax that is essentially a punchline and that's something that i love about this movie and like my whole night at the roxbury bit which i will be getting into we're not there yet everybody but i will be telling you about how uh, deep throat is the night at the roxbury of pornography um, but which slapped that on the Barnes and Noble uh, Blu-ray release, you know, it's <laughs> it's the night of the Roxbury of porn. <laughs> I'm rambling. Cut in here. Cut in here. Yeah. No. So going back to with with that scene, it shows that she like she's not having a bad time when she's having sex, but exactly like what she says to Doctor Young is like I I want like. I want that that mind blowing like moment of just like I lose myself. And once you establish that, you can see like okay, that's not what was happening before when she's having sex. This would not be the same movie without Harry Reams in it. 
Okay. Like, <laughs> just his energy, his performance. Like, the, the thing I said about him is that he says some really absurd, very porny shit. Like, he has some very porn lines in this. But the way he says them, like, he believes what he's saying. And, like, that to me, like, when I hear him say that, I'm like, that's ridiculous. But, like, he says it, and I'm like, but I fucking believe him when he says it. <laughs> that's acting. And when that's I go acting. back and rewatch it, I'm just like, I fucking love this guy. Because, like... He know like like I know that he knows it's ridiculous what he's saying, but like he's such a fucking professional that he's like he's like no like Doctor Young believes this shit. Doctor Young believes that like oh let me examine you open open your mouth wider wider yeah there it is your clitoris is in the bottom of your throat and the only way you're gonna get those bells is to take a dick all the way back there. Okay, so and that's one of the funniest scenes in in the movie when he tells her that. And then her reaction just is sobbing. Yeah, just... like like she just she starts she starts crying and like it, it it's I mean like it's some good comedic acting because like they understand kind of what their roles are and she becomes kind of like childlike in that moment. But it's to really sell kind of the comedy of it, and then that just leads into a sex scene that is like a logical conclusion to the fucking examination that he just did. It's like. Well, yeah, of course she would go down on Dr. Young because now she can fucking, like, prove the hypothesis of, like, oh, I got to do deep throat and <laughs> I'm going to get off. scientific method. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, and you know, I'm just going to go to, and I will, right after this, go into how much I love Harry Reams, but just my hot take on why deep throat is the night the Roxbury of pornography. Okay. I think deep throat is one of the best movies ever. Because it is so fucking cohesive. And the world building is spot on. Exactly what you just said. That every line that Harry Reams delivers here, like, this, the, what he is saying is fucking absurd. What is happening in the scene is totally ridiculous. You know, it is so cheesy. It is so stupid. It is so gimmicky. But Dr. Young believes it. You know, when Linda's crying, like, she is playing it like, my life is fucking over, you know? This is not, yeah. like, just bad overacting or whatever. Like, it's it's very stylized. It's very cheesy. But it is exactly what is happening. And so, like, with comedy, a, like, what I feel like you normally get in a comedy, and this is going to be all kinds of things. It's Anchorman. It's the first Austin Powers. It's a, it's a lot of movies play this this shtick of like you have a really ridiculous, over the top person surrounded by a bunch of normal people, you know. And it's like, look at how ridiculous this person is, or like, look at how insane this scenario is. You know, something like, you know, I think you should leave. It's like we take a normal situation and somebody just takes it a little bit too far. And then everybody yeah. else is like, what the fuck is happening here? You know, and what happens in Deep Throat and what happens in Night at the Roxbury is it's like every single character and every single situation is so heightened and ridiculous. And I didn't realize, but apparently Night at the Roxbury is not the most well-received, successful film of all time because I think it's, like, one of the best movies ever. I fucking love Night at the Roxbury. I mean, I've um, said it's very well-received by me. That's one of my is. favorite movies I ever. I love that movie. But it's, like, in that movie, you take situations where you think it would play out a certain way. Like, it's, like, you think it's, like, oh, he's ridiculous, but, you know, his girlfriend is going to be uptight and, you know, she's going to be the, the foil to that. But then you have, like, Molly Shannon who's, like, 
you know, getting off, talking about Ikea and just like, you know, ridiculous (laughs) shit like that. And it's like, okay, that's not what's going to happen. You know, you see the uptight dad that wants him to take over the family business and you're like, okay, like that's going to be the straight man. And it's like, no, like he's fucking ridiculous too. And like, that is exactly what happens in Deep Throat. And, And it's, and when every single character is ridiculous, when every single situation is ridiculous, when there is no straight man, everything has to be played completely straight. And so Deep Throat exists in a world where things are super heightened, super comedic, and super sexual. And that, I think, is what makes the movie have such a cohesive tone. Because we've talked about this with all kinds of other movies before, other, other movies in this genre. How do you create the balance where you have scenes of just dialogue and character and story um, that are not necessarily explicit? And then you have hardcore sex scenes. And how do you balance those two things without it feeling like either... One's getting in the way of the Yeah, other. like, let's wrap up this dialogue and get to the sex. Or on the other end of it, of like, why is this random sex scene distracting from the movie? You yes. know, it's like that happens. Either one of those or both of those scenarios are happening constantly. But that never happens in Deep Throat. Because they have scenes where that amazing opening line of do you mind if I smoke while you're eating? It's like you have a comedic punchline in the middle of a hardcore sex scene. You have scenes like the emotional orgasm and the fireworks and that whole thing in this Dr. Young sequence where it's like... Yeah, like like visually showing the, the bells and fireworks. That's a like, punchline. That's line absurd. In a sex scene. Yeah, that's a absurd. setting up a punchline. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a climax to both a sex scene and a joke. But at the same time, it gets you to understand, like, this is what this character is experiencing. Yeah, and, and it does this it is what this through movie visuals. is. And so that makes them, that, I think that just makes it so solid. So every, like, all of the scenes feel like that. You yeah. know, and even in this scene, you know, before it gets to the blowjob, which, of course, is inevitably where this film is going, you know, <laughs> she's getting examined by him and she's, like, totally spread out and naked. And it's very explicit, but it's, like, not sexy at all and it's not trying to be sexy it's trying to be funny yeah. you know and then you like contrasting that to like a scene where like uh i mean it, it comes later in the film but where it's like he's doing this voiceover narration and they zoom out and show that like he's going down on the nurse you know and it's like that sex scene is literally a punchline you yeah. know to and and so it's like just having that constant back and forth of like sex and comedy it just makes this whole thing just feel like so solid and so it's like regardless of which way they're going with it like it lines up and it tracks and it works but yeah i am obsessed with harry reams <laughs> yeah and and the way i described him is he's he's like jim carrey with sex appeal i still i'm, I'm gonna argue that i think jim carrey can get it no like i i know that there are plenty of people that like even today would want to fuck like what almost 60-year-old Jim Carrey's bones, which is totally fine. But, like, no, like, Harry Reams, like, he uh, he in this movie has, like, that, that kind of classic, like, 70s, like, handsome look to him. But he's just, he's got this, he's got this energy and vibrance that uh, you, you take someone like John Holmes, like, yeah. John Holmes does not have a drop of the charisma that Harry Reams has. And, like, Harry Reams was, was somebody, he did... Like he did do some some uh, legit non pornographic acting, but like that was his whole thing. Is like he wanted to be a legitimate actor. It's just that the 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 roles and the work for him 
wasn't doing porn and he was just really fucking good well, at okay it. and i want to get in on that a little bit too something that i really love about harry reams and really respect about him is that he took this shit very very seriously but he was also not a bullshitter like there are times you know i've seen interviews of him and he just will straight up say he's like yeah that movie was stupid and i did it for the money like it was fucking fun though like and i met some cool people on set like who cares you know like you know he'll say that he doesn't have like the pride he doesn't have that he's just like yeah it was fucking fun and it was dumb and whatever yeah he's humble but deep throat he did take it very seriously the dude got paid like 20 bucks a day because he wanted to be in this movie so bad because he read the script and he was like, oh my God, I want to be in, in this. And then uh, Jared Damiano was like, well, we're going to film it in Florida and it's going to be too expensive to bring you along. And he's like, dude, I don't fucking care. Like, pay me anything. Like, I'll be a, I'll, I'll hold a light. I'll fucking, I, I don't care. Like, let me just do anything. I love this movie and I want to fucking do it. He believed in the project. And you could always tell in a movie when someone's excited about it or not. And he was fucking excited about it. And so he does that, you know, but he also like just, and he talks about this a lot in his book. And again, I'm going to hard recommend Here Comes Harry Reams. It is such a good book. It, he has such a funny voice. I just, I, I just oh, I fucking dig him. <laughs> but he, um, he, I, and I didn't know this, like having seen Deep Throat a million times, I didn't know this until I read his book, but he had a lot of like production experience too. Like he was a, um, he had a big role like behind the scenes with memories with Miss Aggie. Like he did the location scouting. He did a lot of like production, like coordinating. Um, he was heavily involved in the casting of the devil and Miss Jones. He, um, had a lot of just onset experience doing like lights and cameras and stuff like that, you know, and he, he tried to start a union for adult film actors back in the seventies. And everyone's like, this is fucking stupid. And he's like, why? Like we're actors. Like he yeah. took his shit very seriously and he, he viewed the work that he was doing as art and as legitimate cinema. Um, and you know, as much as he would like joke about it and, and you know, not every film was a brilliant film, you know, like he very much saw that there was a potential for art in this type of work and he had no shame in it. He um, tells a story in his book where he was hanging out with this chick and she was, you know, just kind of schmoozing and she's like, Oh yeah, this is Harry. He's a, He's a, he's a film actor. I'm a porn actor. Yeah, he's just using that as a way to, no, I fucking do it. You know, like he yeah. was not going to let anyone belittle what he was doing. And he, you know, gave this, this friend of his, he was giving her shit. He's like, no, like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I'm fucking proud of it, you know? And like, he, um... He says something, because uh, he actually did a lot, he did Shakespeare, he did a lot of Shakespeare before he did these films, and, and it, it did start, he did start going into porn because of, like, financial reasons. Like, he was like, I'm doing, like, you know, community theater and not making any money, and I, you know, I need to figure some stuff out, you know, and, but he ended up really finding, like, a, a camaraderie and, like, a love and, like, this kind of really empowering experience with it, and, you know, over the years got really, really, really into it, Um but he says, he makes a couple jokes, kind of, maybe he's like half kidding, where he says like, he's like, you know, I did Shakespeare and I, it was horrible. It was super schlocky, super overacted, you know, but it's like, and we've talked about this with like porno acting, you know, and like, I, 
I really dig it. I mean, one of my things is like, I like movies that feel like movies, you know, I like things that are a little theatrical, a little heightened, a little over the top. You know, I like when the, when the set looks like someone painted it or built it, or, you know, I, I think that stuff is really cool. And it, it's, you know, I'm not going for realism here, like in the movies I watch or in the shit that I make, you know, like I, it's just not my style. Um, but he, you know, he gives, he gives it that 200%, that authenticity and, you know, that character, that Dr. Young, that ridiculous type. I mean, he studied like fucking Committee dell'arte and like all that kind of stuff, you know, and that was like an influence in those roles, you know, I mean, it clearly I'm just, again, just fucking rambling going off. But like, <laughs> I love Harry Reams. Please, you guys watch some interviews with him. Read his fucking book. I am obsessed with this guy. Like, well, and, watch more of his movies. He's incredible. And, and that is one of the things like, um, you know, I, I, I've made the joke plenty of times, um, you know, about how just, you know, porn acting, it's like, oh, this is terrible. This is like porn acting. And it's because the shit that was like made in like the 80s and 90s, it was just like, all of the dialogue and all of the the scenes that that weren't you know featuring people naked and fucking they were like stuff that was just literally in the way of the things that people were actually there to see with this it wasn't uh you know just oh like let's let's just try to rush through this and get to you know when people take their clothes off and start fucking and everything it was no like you know we we are here like watching these pe- these people and these characters and then they're going to have sex, and that's just part of the story. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to get the sense of, like, kind of the contrast and the self-awareness of the people who are making this film and acting in the film, it's the last scene where, you know, it shows Linda. And, and this is something kind of interesting. Like, people, I know I didn't expect it when I watched it the first time. Like, Linda's clean-shaven. And so there's this scene where it just shows Linda literally shaving herself. And then this guy comes in and he's kind of like menacing. She starts doing some some actual like porno acting to where she's like, oh no, please don't hurt me. And they're doing it as a way to show like, I don't know how much of it was intentional, but the vibe that I get from it is is they're just like, yeah, no, we get that this is what people expect pornos to, to look and sound like, but we're actually like trying. We're actually doing a good job here. And it's when they drop that act and they kind of go into like, um, you know, their relationship talk and everything like that. It does kind of fall into this like it sounds more natural. It sounds like two real people having an actual conversation with each other. And then that leads into another great joke to where they're talking about the size of the guy's dick. And he calls up Dr. Young and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like. Linda and I could be very happy together, but, you know, there's just a matter of about three inches that's holding us back. And he's like, he's like, oh, you could do that? And he hangs up the phone and he's like, yeah, he says he can, like, take off three inches so that it's the perfect size for you. <laughs> yeah, because that's her whole thing. Is she's like, because basically, little little bit of backtrack. After the Dr. Young scene, she's like, oh, my God, Dr. Young, like, that fucking blew my mind. Like, blowing you was just the best thing ever. And, like. Yeah, and she, like, proposes know, to him. Yeah, she proposes to him. And this is where, <laughs> no disrespect to my hero, Harry Reams, but this it wasn't his fault. But this is where the movie starts to kind of go off the rails a little bit yeah. okay so before it was very much like oh linda's on her journey of self-discovery and we're a part of that journey you know and then after she gets down with dr young and she discovers deep throat which this was the title drop moment he's like have you ever heard about 
deep throat and everyone's like oh, what you said it <laughs> no i haven't oh i've heard of the film but say know. the line <laughs> so she gets down with him and she has her mind blown for the first time in her life and she's like oh my god like dr young marry me like let's do this all the time let's do this every night and he's like linda linda i can't I, one, this is going to just exhaust me. I can't deal with this. <laughs> and also, my nurse, the terrible actor Carol Connors, is going to hold me back and not be chill with this or whatever. And that's a whole thing. It's, oh, my God. Like, I don't want to get into it and be too much of a roaster. But, like, it is when you see scenes going back and forth between, like, Linda and Carol Connors, like, doing, the, you know, getting down, doing the deep throat. This chick is not into it. It's she so is a fucking, porn actress. It's so uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable. She is just in the like derogatory sense. Looking, looking off camera, just like zoning out. Like I, I, like I haven't heard any stories like that. She was like not down, but like it very much feels like she's not down. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't dig it. Anyway, moving on from that bad vibe. Not the strongest actor either way. After that, basically, Harry Reams is like, Linda, I'm not going to marry you, but uh, I can give you a job. You can be a physiotherapist and go and help other people. A sexual other physiotherapist. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's very confusing. I think this is where they could have done this a little bit better. Because of the whole world-building situation they've established where, like, this is just a universe where shit is just, like, really sexy all the time and, like, that's just part of it, you know? I feel like they should have made her, like given her like a silly title or like something because like it it basically seems like it's like she's like her whole job is just to like go out and bang people um but we're saying she's a physiotherapist but i feel like in the world of deep throat like a blowjob is like a legitimate medical (laughs) healing technique so it's like they are playing it straight but like it's a little confusing there um but she goes and, and basically she's, he tells her like, maybe if you go out and you like hook up with more dudes and like do this more often, like you'll really find love and have a really good time. I think what would have made this like a perfect film is that they would have just framed it as like, all right, Linda, like we've figured out what works for you. Deep Throat is your way of having amazing sexual experiences. Now maybe share the love, like let's help other people on their journey and let's figure out what works for these other people. Because all, like she goes and has like these, a couple different like clients and like they all have some sort of eccentricity, you know, and she kind of helps them figure that out and fulfill that. And so I feel like they should have just leaned into that instead of being like, oh, Linda, this is going to be great for you. Because it seems like these experiences maybe aren't that great for her <laughs> like, yeah. you know just lean into it as like you had like your like moment you figured your stuff out now like, tube scene yeah this this one of the best scenes in the film immediately then goes into essentially the worst scene in the film yeah <laughs> um and this i think is very hysterical too because this guy that she's hooking up with is like i'm gonna say a, <laughs> a gross old man i'm just no, gonna no, say it. he's 25 yeah that's what it's they, in the they voiceover. say it's in the voiceover he's 25 albert finster age 25 bachelor and this guy is like 55 and i'm like okay what happened here like did they do this narration and then cast somebody else who is this guy why is this the only guy they could get for this scene (laughs) somebody won a contest and they had to put him in the film he was a friend of a friend but they'd already written the script and they're like well we can't change the script we've already done the voiceover it's so bizarre. What are we going to do? It's Call so Harry bizarre. Reams back and pay him an extra 20 bucks to re-record it? <laughs> that is exactly what they should have done. They should have just had Harry Reams put on a wig and just do the scene and just play a different character. Yeah. He has the range. He could have done it. 
So we have this bizarre scene where this guy's kink is that he literally wants to drink out of the coos. They put this like weird little like shot glass up in there and a, a, a plastic tube, which I guess was like a vintage straw or something. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's, it's so, so like, weird. It's so uncomfortable. If it was like all that anybody ever showed you of Deep Throat, like you'd be like, like, I'm I'm never going to watch that movie. I'm not going to watch that And it's so bizarre too, because like up until this point, we've been having this like character driven, emotional, like feminist masterpiece. And now all of a sudden it's like, Linda, you are a prop. We're going to do some prop comedy in your vagina. (laughs) Like it's fucking weird. It was kind of funny though, because we were like, why is this, why is this even in here? You know, and Harry Reams talks about it in his book a little bit. He says that Gerard Damiano loved gadgets. He loved just like. <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right, Linda, for this scene, we're going to set up a Rube Goldberg machine in your vagina. He was literally just like, he's like, oh, let's try that. Like, that seems crazy. Let's do it. And so, and everybody on set was like, okay, like, we're down. Like, we trust your vision. But like, is this going to like break inside everybody, of me? Or like. Everybody on set is the swaggy pee meme of just like. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and apparently after the film, or after they finished filming the scene, she like laughed and it shot out of her and the glass, <laughs> the glass like broke. And then and like years later, Harry Reams was doing like a charity auction and he, <laughs> and he shot off, a glass he, tube out of his ass. He auctioned off a random piece of broken glass and he's like, this is the broken glass from the Deep Throat set. And it totally wasn't, but like he like made money and like helped his friend like... So that was like a whole thing. <laughs> Somebody has that in their collection. <laughs> yeah, this was the glass. This was the broken glass from Linda Lovelace's vagina. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> we get the next scene is just another gross old man, and uh, one of one of the funniest lines. He's like, she's like, you know, this is gonna be very expensive, sir. These treatments are are a little pricey, you know. And he's like. Oh, money is no object. Don't worry, I got Blue Cross. Yeah. And that's it. He doesn't have any sex scenes. He has no, there's like, it's like one funny line and they're like, nailed it, nailed it. Next scene, like, that was perfect. Yeah, if if, if anything, like, um, kind of in the middle of this, it sags a little bit just because the dudes they have in scenes with Linda are kind of like, it's like having someone's grandfather, like, show up on set. <laughs> it's like, it's like, all right, like, uh, Call in Uncle Dennis. He's going to plow now. It's like, no, it thank so you, It is so bizarre. Like, no, I literally, like, I mean, like, I, no judgment. There are some handsome old men, okay? De Niro, Harrison Ford. Like, there's some hotties out there. Yeah, are with so, their clothes on. I, I mean, we'll see. They haven't done, they haven't like, here's the thing. expanded their acting career enough to really know. But here's like, the thing about, like, like, Night of the Roxbury. Like, if you were going to try and make a... Uh, you know, a more modern version of um, Deep Throat, like, you would take something like Night of the Roxbury, which is about, like, regular dudes that like to go out clubbing and refuse to grow up just because they're having so much fun with that aspect of their lives, and, like, you just throw in sex scenes that are related to all of that, but, like, you know, I don't, don't want to watch Will, Will have Ferrell have sex. Yeah, no. Even, even Will Ferrell, like, fucking 30 years ago, like, is still just kind of, like, you don't like, want to why see... does he have that scar? Did he get stabbed? What happened there? Did he have a surgery? Like, it's like... backstory. 
Huh? It's a rich character backstory. Everyone's <laughs> body tells a story. I don't, I don't need it. You I don't, don't want to see it. Ron Burgundy fuck somebody? I, 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 I do. I, I, do I, I would without. like to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch that. But yeah, um, you know, that's that's kind of the thing I want to get into as we kind of go along with this. Um, you know, we are in the wrap it up phase now for the <laughs> listeners. But I do want to kind of discover, like, what made these films so special and so unique? Like, why did they work during this time period? And, like, I would like to try and, like, figure out, are these films still stuff that people would enjoy watching today? Which, Deep Throat, definitely yes. Yeah, um, I, I hard recommend, if any of you guys have not seen Deep Throat, like, put it on. It's it's an experience. And not to, not to like, get too spoilery, but there's other ones that we're going to talk about to where, like, you know, there's... Maybe the next or or a few episodes down the line, one of the films we're going to talk about, the one that was your first uh, porn film, that one, yes, definitely. Like, it's very interesting to watch today for different reasons than Deep Throat. But, you know, how much of this would still kind of be, like, appealing and relevant today? And then also just, like, how could you, like, make these these movies today? And how would that work? You know, just for my own interest, I'd like to try and figure it out. But yeah, like I give a very strong recommendation for Deep Throat. Like watch it by yourself. Watch it with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, husband, your your parents. Like, you know, get a group of friends together and watch it. Like fucking put it on the next time you have a party. Just be like, I'm putting on Deep Throat and just put it on and let everyone like just fucking hang out and chill and everything. And I, I guarantee that if you do that, at some point, people will sit down and they'll start watching the movie. Oh, totally. It is absolutely a movie worth watching. And I think, you know, you kind of going off of your point of like, what, how do we make these movies work? How do we make these movies like still hold, you know, hold up after all this time and all this? I, you know, I had a conversation with, I, I finally got my dude to watch Deep Throat after I've been mm-hmm. talking about it constantly. And uh, he was not a huge fan. Of the film, Deep Throat. Mm. <laughs> the technique, he, he's a little more interested in. <laughs> the movie, basically, basically what he said was he's like, you know, I feel like this is not hot enough to be a porno, but it's not like good enough to be a movie. He's like, I like movies. I like porn. I don't feel like this is either one of those things. And I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and... I think I get where he's coming from here. Like, I see how this is maybe a little niche. Like, I get how maybe this doesn't land for everyone out there, you know? Uh, I am real into it, maybe more than everybody else. And the challenge that it has is that, you know, people watching it now have the last 25 plus years of, of contemporary porn you know, to kind of compare this to, and it's not going to compare favorably in Which that regard. You can't though, because like it's so not. It has. It does not have the same goal. It does not have the same vibe. It does not have. It's just like you can't. It's it's fucking apples and oranges. You know. But but yeah, like in 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 Deep Throat's favor, you're gonna sit like Deep Throat is is what fifty minutes. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not that long. It's super but short. you're gonna sit here and like watch all of Deep Throat, and it's not going to feel like it's all that long. You're going to, by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, oh shit, it's over already? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to watch you're 50 gonna, minutes you're of gonna like immediately, contemporary porn. You're going to immediately put on Deep Throat too. 
because you're like you're ready to keep <laughs> and then this you're gonna immediately roll. regret and then that you're be like, yeah i should have called it i should have called it 50 minutes ago <laughs> all right maybe maybe one day we'll, we'll get into what is the deal with deep throat too that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but going back to you know ass- assessing these films like how can we look at these films because you and i have talked about like because we are film buffs you know we're like oh we should look at this like it's a movie like it's a regular movie you know and it's like but it's kind of not a regular movie you know it's, no. it's a legit movie movie but it's very much its own animal here and to me I feel like you know something that I think is so exciting about these films and part of why I love this genre so much and you know at this moment in time particularly is that we had this kind of situation where it was like we were all on this journey together you know and Damiano and Harry Reams and all these different people who were involved you know in this film or in other films at at this moment in time just who are involved in this genre and, and of this kind of cultural like phenomenon you know they talk about how these were people who were kind of creating essentially a new type of movie like something like this hadn't existed before well, and it kind of has a new type sense, of movie you know? but like a new type of experience yeah like what can we do like they you know damiano says he's like when we first started doing this like you know i guess this ties into our little porno acting conversation but it's like he said when we first started doing this like there weren't porn actors like we made these performers like we were like all at a fucking meeting together being like okay like what would this look like what would this sound like what would happen in this type of movie you know like they were pushing the limits of what a film could be what a film was allowed to be like legally what a film could be like in terms of what we've seen before and what a film should be like what do we want this to be what do we think this could be and and a yeah. lot of these filmmakers had ideas about like where this genre could go over the next you know, 50 years. And I, I don't think it played out exactly how they were picturing, but like, you know, they were on that journey and it was like, we had this whole, you know, the like society at that moment in time was like kind of on this, this journey together, experimenting and, and having fun and, and doing something communally, which I think that just goes right back to like, these films were meant to be experienced with other people. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here. So yeah. I think that's really special and really powerful. Yeah. I think it's really cool because obviously like, what they were doing was they knew that there was a desire for this out there, but because of the way that society kind of viewed this and like really like pornography was something that was shunned and, you know, people were, you know, ashamed to admit that they watched porn, that they enjoyed porn, that they, you know, sought it out and wanted to see it. Um, So you couldn't just do like, you couldn't go out and, and get, um, you know, audience feedback. You couldn't do market research because people weren't going to talk openly about it. And there was legal, like, repercussions for making and distributing, you know, these movies. And yet you still had people like Damiano and you had people like uh, Harry Reams and, you know, all the people that were involved that were just like, yeah, you know what? Like, there are people that want to shut us down and stop us from doing this, but we're not going to stop. We're going to, we're going to make this like, and it just, it became this thing. And Deep Throat was kind of like, it was, it was the tipping point for it. It was, it was the point to where something that everybody already knew about, everybody was aware of, you know, just everybody's attitudes was based on not how they personally felt about it, but how they thought somebody else felt about it. And then Deep Throat was just that cultural moment where it broke through and then all of a sudden it was just like, hey, like 
this is something that's cool. Like, this is something that not only am I not ashamed to admit that I went and watched it, but I want to tell you, like, hey, I'm going to go watch it on Tuesday. Do you want to come with me? And that, to me, is, like, as interesting as the movie itself. Yeah. Um, and I just, I want to keep digging through this and finding out, like, like you, you talked about what? Like, there's, like, a good other five Harry Reams films that you want to watch? Oh, my God. There's so many good Harry Reams movies. And then there's, there's more films from Damiano that, you know, we want to go and check out. And, like, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. And hopefully, like, uh, people that are listening, like, whether you're, um, you're as well-versed on the genre as, as you are or whether you're a, a neophyte the way that I am like hopefully you're listening to this and being like yeah no I want to see what's up with all this because yeah. it's super fucking interesting yeah it is and I, and, I, and that's something we're gonna you know keep doing keep pointing out cool new films to watch you know which just in and of itself this just being like movie recommendations is cool because I totally encourage you guys to watch these things like they're really interesting fun films you know they're really fucking good and really cool experiences um yeah going into the films going into the really interesting people that were around them going into this really interesting moment in time and you know just how these films have you know affected us and how we feel about them you know because like I, i love that idea of like what would it be like if you had just seen that movie and just walked out of deep throat in 1972 and been like what do what do i think of this as a film you know so that's kind of part of the angle that I want to come from here. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, as, uh, as of course, after you guys go and watch Deep Throat, because that should be the first thing on your list, um, as you're waiting for the next episode here, uh, I do want to kind of plug a little bit Good Vibe Cinema, which is my production company. You can follow us on Instagram, Good Vibe Cinema. We do short films. We do Super 8. We do live theatrical events. Uh, Manny and I just finished working on a film called Big Feet. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very funny and tragic. And uh, basically the premise is Bigfoot ain't that big. And how does that <laughs> affect his sense of self and journey through life uh and uh there's a lot of fun production stills and content uh on our on the good vibe cinema page for that and then in september you can actually see that film uh when we get it back uh it's being developed in london at the moment um, but you can also check yeah, and what's out, the, so, so drop the, the film festival. Yeah, we, uh, I've done this is my second year doing it. It's called uh, straight eight. It's a, it's a film festival, a worldwide kind of thing. And basically it is a, a challenge where you make a short film on one roll of super eight film, which is essentially you tell a story in three minutes and there is no editing, no post-production, no nothing. You just point and click and you pull the trigger and you roll and you get one take and it is what it is and you just got to trust yourself and trust your story. Uh, and so this year we did Big Feet and we still haven't seen it yet, but I feel pretty damn good about it. <laughs> and last year we did uh, we did one called Coming Soon, a fake trailer shot on uh, real film. And it was a trailer for a fictional 70s porno, so very much on brand. I played the leading lady vibologist Sandy Somerset, and Manny fucking killed it with a foxy red suit chilling in the club. Uh, it's a very funny movie. Uh, 
And maybe one day this trailer will become a real film. So hashtag five-year plan. Yeah. Uh, everybody yep. <laughs> hang on here and uh, follow that ride. Uh, but yeah, again, I am Vic Terry of Good Vibe Cinema. Check it out. We also have a Vibe Talking Instagram. We have a Vibe Talking Twitter. Yes. Um, and there's going to be all kinds of fun stuff on there. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, like, uh, we build up a lot of following. Like, we want to try and uh, do some interactions with the listeners. Uh, in the meantime, like, if you want to go back and check out uh, the old podcast I did, Sequelitis, it's on Twitter, at Sequelitis. You can just search Sequelitis Podcast online and find some old episodes. We're not talking about anything as, as cool or groovy as, as uh, 70s uh, adult films, but... Um, Still pretty cool. Just some content, and in the meantime, we're going to just... We're going to keep uh, watching these movies and telling you guys about them. And if anybody has some suggestions, let us know. Let us hear from you. Yeah, would love uh, any film recommendations. Very fun. What, what are you guys jerking off to these days? <laughs> Let's check it out. <laughs> let us know what's on your jerk list. All right, y'all. Have a chill night. All right. Bye.